Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic Indie Creator interview. It is your Cape Crusader, Cody, and we are keeping it geekly with our two new friends, Jaron Martin and William Macy III. We're here to break down the Reaper's Touch and everything in between. Welcome to the stream, guys. How are you two doing? Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Good, good morning. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, d here, bright and early in Ohio, I am up with the birds, drinking water, staying hydrated, ready to learn about this interesting tale about our 17-year-old friend, Devin, and a supernatural assassination. This sounds crazy, but before we dive into it, let's dive into who you guys are and, you know, how you came into creating comics. Um, well, for me, I'm a little long in the tooth in it. So I've been working on comic books, I guess you could say since I was 12. So when I was 12, me and my friends, we built and had our own comic company. As I got older, I stuck with it. So my official foray might have been, and I'm going to date myself, was probably like 93, 94. In the area of Philadelphia, probably like three or four companies, one named Morpheus. That's where I went in. I did character design, did some computer work, um, did some outlining and breakdowns. Then there was another indie comic that I started and I got picked to do a couple things for that. I've done storyboards for independent movies and, you know, eventually it just led me to constantly always just doing things on my own. So like me, myself, I've been in and out of creating comics and comic art literally probably for about 35 years. Let's go, man. That 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 is awesome, and um, I really want to kind of jump into some of that too, because I'm sure your experiences uh, differ from you know back in the early '90s to right now. But before we do that, Jaron, what about you? Uh, you know, what about uh, your history? Okay, so for me, it's uh, I've been a long time lover of comic books um, since as far back as, in all honesty, as I can remember, and I've always enjoyed like the the, the creative piece around around the writing. Um, so a few years ago, I came up with the idea for the Reaper's Touch. And um, this is actually my first foray into actually creating a book. So Will is kind of like my Obi-Wan Kenobi in terms of um, <laughs> um, all things comics. <laughs> but, but, but from a writing perspective, I've always been a writer. I've done um, writing work for uh, a, a, a few smaller television production shows to help write with pilots. Um, for to submit for TV shows, a few YouTube things, um, done a slight slight bit of acting, but I've I've really been involved on the writing side for a very very long time. And um, a few years ago, uh, like I said, I've had this idea in my head now for goodness about ten plus years, and I decided to give it a go a few years ago, and that's kind of when the journey started, and I I, I kind of started looking for artists and, and someone who was willing to jump on this journey with me. And, and fortunately I was able to find Will. That is so awesome. We have Christina Hill over on Facebook saying, hey, sup Will, Will is a beast. Uh, Will, <laughs> I mean, having been in the industry for so long, what was your experience like, you know, creating comics in, in the first part, uh, you know, of your journey compared to now? I mean, there's been so many changes with, you know, the digital uh, medium and, and everything across the boards, you know, so how has that been for you? I mean, realistically, I'm like, because I still do things the old fashioned way. Like our book is still created on pencil, like it's pencil to paper, 
thumbnails of paper, then we go through the digital process. The digital process definitely streamlines a lot of stuff because our team is spread out pretty much all around the globe right now. So from Philadelphia to Georgia to Brazil to Mexico, you know, we're all over the place. And that's strictly due to technology alone. Hey, hold on one second, guys. Um, Not to interrupt. Sorry. I Somehow my camera just messed up. Let me get this fixed. There we go. I think I might have fixed it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the private chat, um, for whatever reason, because I have everything set on a display capture with my windows. So the private chat, I was copy and pasting the Reaper's Touch because I was going to drop that in. And right now, I'll just name drop it right now. Check it out right here, guys. You can get a digital PDF and the physical along as you know a couple posters and some shirts too check out that website but as soon as i moved the private chat it like offset our camera and it okay. like moved everything to the side so i wanted to get that fixed before you could t yeah i didn't mean to interrupt you talking but uh go That's ahead cool. yeah sorry about that yeah so um as far as the journey goes like anything else when you jump into stuff when you're younger my favorite thing and this probably is what outlined a lot of what it is that i do now was there was a convention that came to philly and of course, like everybody else, you got your portfolio, you're lined up. I'm just like, oh, I'm getting signed to Marvel today. This is the day that I'm going to be signed to DC. <laughs> Somebody's going to take me because I'm just that good. <laughs> and then you get there and it's just like, mm, no, that's terrible. Uh, this is, you know, with that. And, you know, your story pacing is a little bit better, but you might want to work on that. So, you know, that shattered your dreams. And for a while, it literally stopped me from going through it. But because I have such a love for the craft itself, I eventually got back into it. And a friend of mine, Jamar McLaren, who, who also came along the way and he helped show me certain things because I would shadow everything like I was drawing a regular picture. And a lot of my critiques would be like, an inker's not gonna be able to ink that. You know, there's no half tones when you're creating. So you gotta make them solid. And he was like, no, look at everything as a shape. And once that came into play and then just getting comfortable with who you are and your influences and styles like that, it transformed me. And I'm still constantly always evolving. Like this book is nice, but the next book I put, I'm putting more work into it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of just mind blown. I would have never guessed anything about like the half tones and like an inker not being able to properly like ink something like what all goes into that that seems like such a whole different playing field uh when when creating panels and stuff so like the whole process of creating comic books in general it gets dismissed especially like if you come from an art school background like i do like it's automatically dismissed but creating the designs for your page keeping somebody interested on a 2d frame for 32 pages, 23 pages, 64 pages, you have to design that. Mm -hmm. So you go in, my mindset is always, how can I move your eye around each panel? So it's literally boom, 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 boom. Whether it's with boxes, whether it's with um, direction lines, which you may not even realize. So it'll be like a scarf will be on the page, but if the scarf is coming down this way, it'll lead you to the next panel. And that's done deliberately. So a lot of things that you look into your comic books is mostly done specifically to move your eye around that page. 
I love just how there's like an added layer to it. It's like a whole psychological layer to it that you're not even really realizing. It's like you think you're reading the comic, but the comic's reading you. <laughs> so, Jaren, uh, this was your first uh, venture, and Christina said hi to you as well. Uh, your first venture into creating comics. How was it diving into uh, a first issue uh, as opposed to maybe like a one shot or, or maybe a short story? Well, uh, so so for me, it was like, this is honestly like the probably the most scariest thing I've ever done um, because, you know, you're, you're putting something out there for the world to see. Right. Mm -hmm. whether, whether, whether it's good or bad, they, they love it, they hate it, they're in between or whatnot. Um, and I was toying around with the uh, with the idea. And then a good friend of mine, actually, um, a guy by the name of Greg Burnham, uh, we were working together and he's also a creator. Um, and he's like, look, man, you have a dope idea you need to push it like you said don't worry about uh, you know all the things that could go wrong or, or, or anything of that nature just go 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 um and then that's what i did uh so i wrote the the um the synopsis of what i wanted the first story arc or whatnot to look like mm -hmm. uh, and then i started writing issue one and then i started the journey of because i can't draw to save my life i'm sorry if, if, <laughs> if you all were, were waiting on me to draw a book Good luck. We we never sell a coffee. <laughs> um, so I started reaching out to a lot of people on Facebook, a lot of artists on Facebook and Instagram, and I was just never able to find the right fit. Um, some of them were too expensive because a, a, a lot of people don't understand that they're you know the cost behind character design. Um, you know, going back and forth on the pages, the cover, and things of that nature um, that costs money. You want to make sure the artists are are, are, are well paid. Mm -hmm. And I almost gave up. I'm not gonna lie, I almost gave up. And then something told me, you know, just try one more time. And I found Will on Instagram. I saw his work and I was like, oh God, please, please just let him respond or, <laughs> or, or, or you know, you know, <laughs> something, you know. Um, and we started talking back and forth. Um, and he did a few character designs for me initially. And I said, okay, so why don't we just partner up, right? Let's just do this thing together. <laughs> let's just do this. <laughs> yeah, let's just do this. He initially told me no. Dang, Will. I had to go back and say, you know, I said, oh, God, please let him change his mind, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and then, um, so, you know, we started to build, like, a, a, a relationship. Like, this is my brother. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, we're not just business partners. This is my brother. And... He said, you know what, through, through, through everything that I, you know, I've been through in the past, let's go ahead and partner up. Let's 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 do this. And that was because I, you know, I, I think he saw the passion that I had for the book. This wasn't just a money grab. Like this is something that we love, mm -hmm. right? This yeah. is something that we have a passion to do. And even from the writing perspective, right? I wanted to hit it from a perspective of, Right, we've all there have been movies, television shows, other comic books around the Grim Reaper, right? Um, we we we've all heard tons of different stories. The differentiator between those and ours is the direction that I chose for the actual storyline itself, um, about the main character Devon Midnight, and we kind of, as the story goes along and as we get further along within the issues, you'll kind of you'll you'll, you'll see what what I'm alluding to, but. We're kind of shattering what people think, you know, death is, right? We're we're gonna take that storyline, what people thought it was, and we're creating something brand new, something where there are some historical references and um, 
that you can look to. And the great thing about writing is I get to create some of this stuff from scratch. <laughs> right? Yeah. So as crazy as some of it may seem, and people will, will have, have asked me from time to time, well, where did you get this from? Or, or, or what, where, where are you referencing that? I'm like, well, my mind, my own, my own creative process. So um, it's 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 been a and I honestly it's been a thrill so far just just get to writing in and then like Will saying was saying with the with the art it's the same with the writing right so you can have crazy good art but if the writing isn't good you may catch somebody for an issue or two but they won't be a long they they won't stay with you long term mm -hmm. so that's something I look forward to I, I I want the writing to be that good as to where. You, the, between the writing, the dialogue, and the art, it makes you go from page to page. I have to see what happens next. I have to see what happens next. And it's not the, um, the especially the dialogue between the characters. You want to make sure that it's, um, it takes you and puts you in another place, another space, another realm. But at the same time, we want it to be somewhat realistic. Because when I'm writing the book, I'm also thinking about, okay, um, Hopefully we get to a stage as to where it's an animated series or a live action series. Mm -hmm. So we kind of write it with scripting that in mind too. And, and and something that's, you know, relatable to everybody and something where the dialogue actually makes sense. It's not, you know, ha ha, I'm the superhero. I, I, I swoop in to save the day, right? <laughs> there are those little, you know, the times in between the action, what's going on in the main character's lives, right? And, and um, you know, in, in, in between the action sequences or whatnot, so, um, you know, pulling all that into the storyline itself is is, is is cool. And it's like I said, it's just something that I love. No, that Could is I so awesome. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right, what I was going to say was like also being in this for a while, working with different writers. That's another process that goes into it because everybody has their own writing form. You know, everybody's not going to get an Alan Moore. Sometimes you're going to get, <laughs> right. going to get Doug Moore, and it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what he said is true. Is like when he gave me the script. As an artist, the first thing you want to do is you want to stretch yourself beyond what you normally do. And for a lot of us, it can be terrifying. But then a lot of us like to take that challenge on, and because there are so many workings where it's working in a real world not like a, a fictional world where like things are so far off into the future like you could just make it up but there's sequences where they're in a, a movie theater mm -hmm. now modern day comic books now you might get like headshots all throughout the whole thing maybe you might get a body shot but very seldom do you see any background so what i wanted to do specifically was create the live environment because like you said our initial goal our end game goal will be to try and get this to become some type of animation at some point at least that's where we would like to see it go now if it becomes a physical regular traditional movie that's great too but i'm all about 2d and animation that's that's my wheelhouse and where i live <laughs> that's so cool yeah yeah we have uh, christina hill saying cold-blooded will got ice in his veins yeah i was about to say too like <laughs> dang will so will um you know what was it for you that really you know changed your mind that really like showed you like this was a, a project that you wanted to take on what i guess really showed me was like you said orig originally he was like you know would you like to do the book and i was like no no because <laughs> I had done enough startup companies. None of them really went anywhere. None of them got past 
the con- the conceptual stage, let alone like being a book all the way halfway through, and then it's like they pull the plug or whatever. So immediately you disillusion. Um, I like the idea of the story. When I started crafting the characters for the story, I was like, well, if I'm gonna go this far into it, then I might as well do it. I'm not gonna let somebody else come in and give their take on a character that I'm already developing. So that came into play. And then I started looking at like, cause I also do some freehand sculpting every once in a while. So I started sculpting characters up and I was like, oh, the toys for these will be crazy. <laughs> he started doing yeah. character design. He's like, you know, this is this is actually pretty fire. I yeah, I think you know, I think I'm in. <laughs> so and then a lot of situations here. He got married. I had a baby at the time, so we stopped production on a book. But to keep myself sharp, I had an early version of the script. So I was like, you know what? Let me just continue practicing on storytelling, and then. As you go through the book, there are probably like three pages that were done four years prior to the book actually being completed. That's awesome, though. That is cool. That is, yeah. And um, I think it's cool how you guys were working together and then life happened, but you guys came back uh, to, to complete the issue. Uh, so, issue one was kickstarted. Um, so how was that for you guys? Was that your first campaign? Like, Will, I know you've been in the scene for quite some time. You know, how many uh, campaigns did you uh, end up working on? None, because when I was working, you didn't have a Kickstarter. So literally, this is my first Kickstarter. And the fact that we have reached our goal and surpassed our goal, I, it was it was a blessing. Like, I was like, we did it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for me, I'm like, that was just, that was a feather in my cap. I'm like, yes, that's a win. What about you, Jaren? Uh, what was your thoughts on the first campaign? Uh, I, I hear they could be very stressful too. So, I mean, did you guys run into that at all? They oh, can. Yeah. So, we, 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 uh, when we started, it was like, okay, we, we kind of kicked off pretty, pretty well. Um, and then it kind of lulled for a minute. And then we went into the, um, kind of like the home stretch, which is where we, where we surpassed our goal. Um, and with that, it was, you know, getting all the tiers together, making sure we had things that people would actually want and would want to go and support, uh, and get, and get in return, uh, as a thank you for pledging. Um, so yeah, and it was my first, the Kickstarter that I'd actually ran. Like I said, I had always backed projects on Kickstarter, Mm -hmm. um, and Indiegogo. So I was, I was already a fan of the platform. I love the entire experience of it, right? You know, you get to see the behind the scenes stuff, like the the pencils, the inks, you know, you get to learn about the creators and then you support with whatever tier of packages that they have. Then you get all this extra stuff in the mail, um, you know, and then you get to open it. Then you get to see it for the first time, right? Just the whole experience mm-hmm. of it. So I knew as someone who consistently supported um, artists via the platform, um, what that meant but for the first time running one it was it was in all honesty it was a labor of love i can't i it, there were times where we, we were like oh we're not gonna make it but we ended up making it and um you know we were super happy about it but 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 no nah, it was just an overall and enjoyable experience so what is uh the reaper's touch i mean we've talked a lot about like what went into it you know how you guys came about creating it but you know, ultimately, we're here to talk about the book itself. So, like, what's the the concept? What's the premise of it? 
you know, what type of story can readers expect? Okay, so the Reaper's Touch, it's a story about a 17-year-old kid by the name of Devon Midnight. Um, he's enjoying the summer prior to his senior year in high school uh, when he finds out that he is actually the target of a supernatural assassination attempt on his life. Um, <laughs> now, imagine, you know, like, like I said, you're a 17-year-old kid, you're riding around with your girlfriend thinking you're having, you know, just, just, just a good old day. And then, um, you know, this creature, this supernatural creature out of nowhere, uh, just to starts to tear up a movie theater to try and get at you. And then chaos ensues. But in the middle of the chaos, you know, uh, a few other entities show themselves uh, as your allies. And he's thrown into immediately into the world of the supernatural as, um, you know, someone we would say in the first issue is kind of somewhat of a victim, so to say, because he has no idea why this is happening. He has no idea why he's being attacked. He has no idea why the people who are helping him are actually helping him. <laughs> um, and as, as we get through the issues, um, like I was speaking to earlier in terms of the story for the for, for, for the Grim Reaper, right? Um, Devon is actually the son of death. He's the son of the Grim Reaper. He just doesn't know. Okay. And none of his powers have shown themselves. Uh, you see, you get to see a glimpse in issue one. Um, in issue two, we're going to show you a little bit more. But the storyline around the Grim Reaper or Grim Reapers, hint, um, we 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 break down in in the first storyline of the first arc. So we break we write our arcs out in in twelve issues. So we already know what the first twelve issues are going to look like. Um, and we go into that in terms of, you know, is there one Reaper? Is there more than one Reaper? Why are there more than one Reaper? What, what is the true history and background of life, death, and creation itself? And exactly what and who is Devon Midnight? You get somewhat of a glimpse <laughs> of that in the first issue as well. Um, so yeah, they're, 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 it, it's, it's a really cool storyline where we decided to rewrite history um, in a sense and introduce this character and he, he's hands down when he comes into his powers, he's going to be one of the one of the strongest, strongest beings in, 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 in all of comics. So um, yeah, that's basically without giving too much away. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's basically the, 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 the storyline behind it. <laughs> I love it. That sounds that sounds just insane. We have gold <laughs> RPG saying solid idea concept as well. Uh, William, what did, what did that creative process look like for you when you got the script from Jaron and and actually getting down to to drawing it out and designing it? You know, like how did that relationship look like? Well, the good part about that was it was a situation where we didn't want to use traditional tropes, so. The one thing that we did keep, which is like standard through almost all all the Reapers, they all do have a, have a hood and a cloak. They all have a scythe. Each scythe is different. Each one performs in a different way. Um, so that was fun. But the other thing is, like I took it from a whole different stance. So instead of like a skull and all that other stuff that we normally see, each mask or each character that you'll find out that is a death character, they all have a specific symbol that's on their face. And these symbols translate from the Ghana, from Guyanese, from the Ghana symbols. So 
in particular, one character um, has a symbol on his face that says only God can judge me. There'll be a character that has a symbol that looks similar like a full bullseye on his face, but it's the Lord gives me trust. So for us, it's like tapping into all old world streams. And that's how I came up with it. Like most of them have a sash that they wear about themselves. So that's a, a death cloth. So the same I thing like, that. The, like the Shroud of Torin, that's what those things are for, just to ease you further into the passing. When you go through the first book, there's a sequence where you'll see a baby divine in the bed and you'll see characters around the universe because as surely something lives, something has to die. There's a beginning and ending for everything. So for me, I didn't think of it as just like, oh, this just takes place here. I'm like, no, death is a construct that's universal. And when he broke down how he played out death, it was like he doesn't have that allegiance to anybody death's calling basically is i'm here to pick you up drop you off and over the summertime i gave him a book to recall on a pale horse by pierce anthony and that one was another take on like death and different incarnations but death in particular was like an office so it's not just one person and even death dies and somebody takes over that office mm -hmm. so i looked at it like that and creating these characters making them more like soldiers and components of that so they're built because everybody doesn't die the same right. like everybody's soul won't be the same because in my head I had sideline stories where there's a situation where one of our reapers goes to a world that you have to fight death in order to die for you to have a traditional clean burial leave that world clean you have to fight death and they can all see death can you imagine like can you imagine being like 89 like old withered ready to die and then it's like no you have to fight me now like <laughs> square up like let's go <laughs> no that is that is awesome and man i can't like uh the, being a 17 year old on a date and next thing you know something's like trying to kill you and and tearing up everything around you that'd be such a wild ride but speaking of wild rides we have the opportunity to check out issue one uh, and just get a look at some of the interiors and an idea of what's going on. So let's go ahead and pull up the PDF for it. And then we are going to be letting you take the wheel. So go ahead and just scroll, you know, scroll at your leisure. And we can kind of, wherever you want to stop and talk about, you know, we can, we can kind of just touch base upon that. Okay, cool. So here's the, we have the, the, the cover for issue one, which is the, uh, you know, the man himself, Devon Midnight, who is actually referenced, um, is, is, is my oldest son is the reference for uh, the main character. So um, yeah, so we have issue one here. Here's the cover and we get into the first few, first few pages. Of course, we get a Kickstarter for the first one. So, um, and then we have, you know, the, 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 the creators and the people who helped us out with the first one, uh, myself, Will, Renato Pacheco and Davidson Names who was our letterer. Um, and as you can see here from the jump, so and so I'll tell you a, a cool story as we get into a, to a few pages within within the issue. Um, so on page one, you see here we're at a we're at the New York airport, right? And you're following a couple as they walk through. And will stop me at, at, at any moment. And Cody, you stop me at any moment if you have mm -hmm. any questions about anything, right? So we're following a couple who's checking into an airline at the airport for their flight. 
Um, you know, we have some pretty cool dialogue there as they're laughing and joking with each other. Um, they get their tickets. The second few pages, you know, the couple are talking, which and there's a bit of foreshadowing here that you will definitely remember these two characters here later on within the book. Um, is know, the, is the, the symbol like uh, important too? That uh, that's the uh, the omega symbol, isn't it? That's the omega symbol. That's the omega symbol. Yeah. So later on, so that purpose, role, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, go ahead. We'll go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say. So you caught that, but I purposefully put that in there because it's the end. I've been told I'm observant, so. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so they're in the airport, they're in their seats, they're having some dialogue about, you know, what's going on. And um, you hear the, the the conversation that they're having is, is a weird one for, you know, what you would think would be a normal human couple to be having. Um, and as we get through the, the, the first few pages, right, um, and then we have this, this particular panel here where the stewardess asks them, you know, to buckle their seatbelt. In which this character says, you know, no need for that. You're all about to die <laughs> shortly. <laughs> um, so, and you see the look of surprise on the stewardess's face. Uh, and what he's pointing to is actually one of the engines on the plane has caught fire. So in these next few panels, you see the chaos that ensues, right? With the passengers, the stewardess, uh, the stewardess, um, She's making a, a an announcement via the plane. And here you can see she's trying to get everybody to stay in their seats. Um, as the chaos starts to, 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 to like I said, reach a fever pitch, so to say. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll say here in this panel, this panel specifically here, um, keep an eye on this guy, the one that, that has the devils on his hat. So we'll just, I'll just give you a little nugget there. He plays an important, important part in, in, in the remainder of the story. I really, I really love the paneling, uh, William. Like this is, this is, you, you did a killer job. I love like the breaks with the paneling too. Like how, you, uh, on the, the right hand side, you have like the head breaking the panel and go bleeding onto the, the background of the page. Like this is a remarkable work. You guys are definitely a powerhouse together. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So thank I appreciate you. that. Um, that came from our not editor, but editor, a friend of mine. Her name is Stacy Woods. So as I worked through the book, I would go through certain sequences and I would ask him, like, look, you know, what do you think it is? She's like, mm, no, I don't like that. Maybe if you do something like this, this and the third, maybe that might come off better. And then I would go back and rework pages. So there are always other hands that also go into us creating this book, too. So mm -hmm. I want to send out a shout out to Stacy for for being our our editor when we don't have an editor. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. So as we're going, oh, this, this is, is gorgeous. Yeah, this is page, right where this takes up a, a, a full two pages in the book. As you pull it out, that's the plane crash, right? Um, the plane goes down. Everybody, you know, you, you you see the different interactions from the stewardess to one of the passengers on the plane and other passengers and the actual pilot himself. Um, and then you see here, this is the couple that just entered the plane. And you see like these mist, this mystic energy flowing around their arms. Mm -hmm. um, and once again, all will be explained. But this is kind of, you know, how we decided to, 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 to start the book. And from the plane crash, it kind of shifts over, right? So meanwhile, somewhere in Atlanta, Georgia, 
you can see that there's an older woman who is holding a child. And she's speaking telepathically with someone who you don't know who this someone is initially, um, but they're going back and forth about the actual plane crash that is happening now. Um, and that, that, that conversation is basically, you know, did things go as planned? Yes, it did. Uh, the person that she speaks with, that she's speaking with, tells her that, you know, he has to be away from some time and thank you for watching over Devon. Um, and, you know, she, she, she puts the child down and she exits the, the room. And then we go into the dream sequence that Will was speaking up early. So yeah, this is Will, a young Devon Will, what were some of your influences for this? Because this is immersive. This is gorgeous, man. So my primary influence when I go into to trying to do the best comic panels possible is going to be Chris Bacello. So like I immersed myself when working on this book was hand in hand for me always is was at the time. Um, LaShawn Thomas's sketchbook. That was, like I have his first sketchbook, so that helped me stay grounded. Chris Bacello, I would pull out any works of his that I could find, pull up any works of his that I could find to try and break down panel design in my brain and try and do it as, if not as good as he is, but and in, in the same vein is something that he would do. Mm-hmm. And of course, Joe Mad is always going to be high on my list of things for me to look at. <laughs> so. But these panels in particular, especially ones where like they kind of bleed into everything, those come from me trying to be the best Chris Bacello I could find. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And it shows your art is remarkable. It's it's just it's so detailed and immersive. So I wanted to ask that question because it just it's like you said, the way you're able to design the pages to like lead the the reader's eyes, like it's just man, I cannot stop like looking over all of these pages. See, and that's that's the part that, that I love to hear about. Like, it's two things that I, I can say that I'm thoroughly appreciative of for this book. So when we finished the book, I got physical copies and I sold them to, to as many people as I knew. But also one person in particular, which is my boss at my job, who doesn't read comic books, is not a fiction fan. But she's like, you know what? I'll give it. I'll I'll read it. But she's she's a fan of literature. So she read it. And she's like, I really like this story. She's like, I don't do these things in general. I'm not saying it's just because you made the book, but she's like, the story really caught my attention. And then, of course, it's like, oh, you really put your work into it. And I'm like, I did. I put a lot of work into it. But the second book, I'm telling you, mm, (laughs) we have a gold (laughs) RPG uh, in chat saying great color choice as well. Yeah, the colors are phenomenal, too. Uh, so, real quick, do you want to go through the whole book, or do you want to... We don't have to spoil the whole thing if you don't want to. Well, we can go through... Well, I, let's go through a few key pages. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, we, can, we can go through as much so, as you want to, but I wanted just uh, to let you know we didn't have to oh, spoil it fine. if you didn't want that's to. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so, if we look back, actually, so if we go back a little bit, these first, the first few pages, the airport scene... Um, so after the airplane crash, the scene here with, with you have the dialogue with, the, with this entity and the older lady with the young Devon Midnight, you then go, the book takes you 14 years later where you see Devon and he's, he's in, he's in a, um, 
graveyard and he's visiting his parents' graves. So initially, fun fact, the pages that you're looking at now were supposed to be how the book started. We literally got almost to the end of um, completing issue one where <laughs> I had a talk with Will and I'm like, it's something's missing. Like something, something, I need to find a different way to, to open the book, to kind of draw the readers in. So everything up until these pages was a literally a last minute act. I, I, I went back and, and, and rewrote the beginning of the script to, to kind of add that piece to it um, and say, okay, this is something that's going to grab people, right? Not that the, this this scene here wouldn't, but I, I just wanted to add a little something extra. So that's 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 you know that's a fun fact about issue one. So that's I, crazy because it would have been crazy. It would have been, uh, <laughs> it, it been uh, two like totally different uh, introductions. Uh, it, would it would have. Yep. Yep. And I, I, you know, I apologize a little time. I said, I know I drove you crazy with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and then a, a few other key scenes, like I said, he's a 17 year old. He's riding around with, with his girlfriend, just, you know, they're on their way to the movies. They stop by, um, you know, a coffee shop to get her something. They're talking about um, music. They're there. And then, and then in the midst of that, you start to see Devon's interactions um, with certain people within the with with, with within those scenes and those panels that mm -hmm. you see. Well, how we was talking about how he tries to make things as immersive as he, as he possibly can. Um, that kind of go in that go into the storyline. Um, and here, so let's see. Uh, they go to the movies. Like I said, the, with the writing, you want to capture the little things too, right? It's not just the action. It's not just the fighting. It's not just the chaos, but but the little things that, you know, him and his girlfriend would say to each other on a date, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're being playful with each other. They're hugging each other. She's telling him, you know, thanks for buying me popcorn, stuff like that, right? Um, and I, oops, let's see, this is moving a little faster than I wanted to. Ooh, so it gets gory. To, uh, let's see. One of the next key scenes for me that I really love is here. Like they, these are these are two of my favorite pages. And if you get the book and you start reading the book, you would have seen them earlier. Let's go back. Seen them earlier in 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 the book. So you'll see this guy that Devon had a, had a brief interaction with, and how he kind of plays into what goes on later on within the comic book. And remember earlier on in the book, I told you, keep keep an eye on the people who were passengers on that plane. Mm -hmm. um, remember that hat, remember that hat. Um, so, and then there's, you know, the the, the movie theater scenes, right? Where him and his, his date are sitting down, his girlfriend are sitting down. And then you see this guy here, right? Who just comes out of nowhere in the middle of the movie and it's not just Devon who gets attacked. It's any and everybody that's in his way. If you're, if, if, if he's here to cause utter chaos and complete the objective that he has been given, which is to assassinate Mr. God, Mr. this Midnight. is gorgeous. Oh, thank you. This is all, all will, all will. And the cool thing about it is, so even when Will's putting these panels together, the way I write, it's not just scripting. Right. So I'll say, OK, well, this page, let's shoot for this many panels and then I'll give him like a brief description of, of um, what I'm thinking the panel should look like. And as we've 
grown in, in how we communicate, you know, what, what, what everything should look like. Like at first I was putting a whole lot of detail into the script to the panel. And then it was like, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And so now I could put very outside of the dialogue, I'll put very little and he just takes it somewhere else. That's just absolutely phenomenal and blows my mind every time. Um, so yeah, you, you start to see the fight scene with Devon and, and this, and this entity. Um, but you also see where, like I said, you get a small glimpse of the power that some of the power that he has, or he didn't know he has, mm -hmm. um, here, he has a specific marking on his left hand that you might think is a tattoo, but it's something else. And he's thought it was a birthmark all his life. Um, so like I said, you get into the action scenes and then you see, you know, um, this entity is literally tearing the movie theater up. Divine and his girlfriend don't know what to do next. And then you see one of, uh, we introduce one of the, re one of the lady reapers um, who shows up to save the day. She makes sure Devon and his girlfriend are safe. She throws them off into another realm as she continues to fight with uh, the main uh, the main villain. Um, and then issue one ends with Devon and his girlfriend, Destiny. Uh, Natasha jumps in, who is the Lady Reaper. She throws them into another dimension. They're there wondering what's going on. And the very last panel of the page is as they're talking to each other, you'll see these two hands come out behind them to grab them and pull them somewhere. You don't know where. Um, and this particular person has a small bit of dialogue as well. Well, but um, this is where it ends. So you don't even really get to see the first part um, of the fight between Natasha and the main villain name is Dude, D-O-O-D, um, which there's, there's, there's a reference behind that as well, which will be explained <laughs> as we go on into, into different issues. Um, so yeah, it leaves you with a serious cliffhanger because you see this lady reaper, you know, she's there to do some damage, right? Mm -hmm. You know, she's there to, 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 to swoop in and, and, and basically get to it. And, um, but like I said, and you're wondering, okay, where, where did she throw Devon and destiny? Where are they? They're scared. They don't know where they're at. And then now they're getting pulled out of this realm by someone who they have no idea who it is. Um, and that's where we pick up at, um, Pick, pick up at, at issue two um and then of course here the last page was the um you know all of our kickstarter back backers for issue one which i'll give a, an, an, an an additional shout out to um uh, and, and thank you for supporting the kickstarter and you know the, the the back of the book there so you know um our pacing as well is we don't want to because of the fact that we want this to be an ongoing series and we're going to have several different story arcs. So an arc in my mind, once again, I look at it as uh, like an animated series or a live action series. Those seasons are normally 10, 11, 12 issues long, right? That's how we're writing the arcs for the book. And for each arc, we're going to dive into the background and the story behind a new Reaper mm -hmm. and potentially a new villain. Um, and once 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 all is 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 said and done, we then branch out from you know where 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 Devon eventually ends up being, um, and then you also actually get to you'll get to see by the end of the first arc, um, you'll see some 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 a few visions of the actual the head Grim Reaper himself.
Um, so yeah, it's 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 you know we we're, we're pacing things well, um, or, 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 or in a way that 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 makes us excited. And like mm-hmm. I said, makes you want to see more, makes you want to read more, makes you want to go on to the next issue to figure out what the heck is going on, um, right? So you know, and, and and this is it. This is this is our this is our first book. This is our first book, issue one. No, that is so cool. We have a uh, gold RPG, solid gore effects. Reminds me of old Spawn McFarlane. So yeah, nothing but praise for Will uh, Will's art, man. It was gorgeous. I love those scenes. Like this is, uh, you know, uh, and I'm really excited too because I think I figured out a way to like what I'll do is when I get ready to edit this post production, I'll uh, take that video and then I'll cut it and then I'll just stretch the video, and then so it'll be like the comic will be stretched out as as, as large as possible. Is that that like, dude? Those scenes, those panels, holy crap! I kept like in my head like visualizing. Uh, that and and you guys like what I visualized like was nothing close to like just how like awesome it looked like that was just mayhem. Now we were talking backstage. You did a Kickstarter for issue two, but that one didn't go so hot uh, compared to the, the, the first one. Uh, what do you guys think? What, what do you think happened there? So in in in, in we I mean, did a Kickstarter for issue one right before COVID. COVID hit. So we didn't even get a chance to travel and do any cons. Mm-hmm. So it's literally been some time since then where we've just put all our focus into, you know, marketing issue one and trying to get it out to the people in the bookstores. So when we, you know, some, some time had passed, it had been, a, what, what, almost two years before we did issue two or the Kickstarter for issue two. Yeah. And we but put also, it out there. Yep. The timing. Yeah. The timing was, was. I mean, it's the beginning of the summer when we put it out. So people already have money allotted for vacations. And, you know, a lot of people are not, everything is starting to open up. So more people are not necessarily going to be like, oh, well, let me go check this out. I mean, there, there could be different reasons why. It's it's fun for us because I look at it like it still keeps us hungry to do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't go like, oh, man, we didn't get the Kickstarter. It's more like, well, we didn't get the Kickstarter. We still keep it moving. We're still going to do what we have to do regardless. And that's the part that I think makes this book more successful for me than any other starting project that I've ever done. Like that probably would have other teams that I worked on. We're like, oh, well, we didn't get that. So, you know, maybe we might want to break up the band. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, even though the second um, Kickstarter wasn't a successful one, it's fine because we don't we don't base whether or not the book is going to come out on on the Kickstarter itself. Um, All of our issues are going to go one way or another. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I said, being a fan of the platform and being a supporter of all the creatives on that platform, especially in the comic book space, I love the experience of it. Right. I love backing a, 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 a different tier or a different package. I love all the extras that come out with it. I love getting to see, you know, uh, more about the creators themselves. You know, you get you, you hopefully you get a lot of that history and just looking at the project um, itself, seeing the pencils, you know, the inks and, and a, lot, a lot of creators put those types of things on their Kickstarter. So you kind of get to see the behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. that you wouldn't if you just pick the book up in the store. Right. So we, we love the experience of it. And like I said, even though issue the issue two Kickstarter didn't it wasn't a successful one, it's fine because issue two is still scheduled to come out on Thanksgiving anyway. Um, and, you know, like I said, we just we just 
like being a part of the purchasing experience in terms of that and a part of the creative experience as well and um you know but it, it you know it, it didn't stop anything because issue two was coming one way or another <laughs> yeah that's all so how are people going to be able to uh purchase issue two like is that going to be available just solely on the website speaking of the website here is the link to check that out as well guys Yep, www.thereaperstouch.com. So issue two will be available um, on thereaperstouch.com. We did do a smaller um, crowdfunding on, a, on an additional platform called Crowdfunder, where it's um, we did get a few backers on there. So thank you for, for everybody who supported the Crowdfunder. Um, but issue two is gonna launch on, right now we're scheduled for Halloween. As long as we, you know, I mean, thank you. We're independent, you know, things can happen, um, you know, and and it's not like we're we're a huge shop where we can, um, you know, kind of maneuver through certain things the way a bigger company would. Uh, but right now, we're we're slated to to release issue two on Thanksgiving of this year, and then um, book three should be re released on February on Valentine's Day of twenty twenty three. Okay. Uh, Are you uh, so? Uh, what's uh, what's your guys' reasoning for picking like the holidays? Well, the holidays. So, and, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just thought it would be cool to to release something on Valentine's. <laughs> you know, there, there's no, there's no. I wish I could give you some, you know, some super cool rhyme or Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, babe. <laughs> but do you have um, issue four. As long as you know, you know, as long as things go well, we're we're looking at Halloween of twenty twenty three. That's so, cool though. You know, um, so we're 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 you know Halloween of course because you know it's around the Grim Reaper, it's around you know it has a mm -hmm. supernatural um, theme to it. But you know, outside of that, it's just you know, hey, let's you know, let's 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 release one on Thanksgiving. Let's release one on Valentine's Day. Let's release one on Halloween of next year. Um, you know, outside of Halloween, there's no real rhyme or reason. Just trying to figure out a cool date to, to do a release on. <laughs> it's like on Valentine's Day, like, hey, babe, got you issue three. Here you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That'll get you in the door. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. So you you two are looking at trying to pitch uh, this to some animation studios as well, right? We are. At some point, like once, I mean, probably when we get like four books in the can, that's something that we could do. The also the idea of trying to reach a, a wider range of people. And this is something that we talked amongst ourselves about. Maybe trying to see if we could reach out to Image and see if we can join that platform and push our book through there. At least that opens up a wider base. But what I wanted to mention as a backtrack was as far as physical copies, now that things are opening up, you'll probably also be able to purchase them. So if you go on the website, whenever we go to cons, whether we're together or separate, we should probably have issues that we'll be able to sell there. Like we just yeah. left Roanoke, Virginia from Big Lick like maybe three weeks ago. Yeah, about four weeks ago, yeah. We're pretty much sold the inventory of books that we had there, which was, was awesome. So we had like a great time being out. We look forward to probably doing more cons. Um, the season is wrapping up, but as the new year comes in, we'll probably get more prints or try and get as many prints because it's coming out of pocket. Mm -hmm. So we print what we can and then sell what we can and do it that way. So in the interim, please hit up the website because it's lots of merchandise, not just like these awesome shirts, but, you know, there's backpacks and 
caps and you know hoodies so the weather's getting cold you might want to get those reapers clothes mm-hmm. <laughs> and cody so, so we'll, cody we'll, we'll, we'll get you out some 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 merch too cody for you to wear on, on uh, let's go let's go let's go i love it yeah. i love it i love yeah. it so before yeah. we wrap things up completely guys what's next like what's is it just the reapers touch are you guys looking at any other projects or anything like on the horizon so we do have something on the horizon um, that we can't speak too much about now. So we're 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 looking to partner with with a um, a big comic book publishing company for another project that we have coming 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 down the pipeline. Um, so if that goes as 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 well as we hope it will, um, you know, you, hopefully you'll see that on on shelves and uh, sometime around first quarter, maybe next uh, second quarter of next year um but right now our our we're, we're laser focused on, on on the reaper's touch and getting it getting it to a point as to where you know we're getting the storyline out there we love the fact that now that we're able to do cons um we have two more coming up by the end of the year possibly a third so we'll be at the louisville con and i think that one's in november november 10th and the um in louisville kentucky and we'll be at the Charleston Con in Charleston, South Carolina. And I think that one's in December. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, one, maybe two more that we, we're still waiting to hear back on now because it's kind of it's kind of tough to get into cons nowadays. Everybody's going. Um, um, and then we'll we'll update though. All the updates are on our website, um, thereapersdust.com. And we also put, you know, pictures from our cons up that, you know, for all the cool people that we were able to meet. We just did the Big Lit Comic Con back on August 6th and 7th, I believe, uh, yeah. in Roanoke, Virginia. So we went out there and had a blast. Like, we love, this is this is the piece that we we, we missed out on because we, we did issue one right before COVID started um, and they shut everything down. So, um, so yeah, we keep our, our, our schedules up to date. And then 2023, we are going, y'all are going to be sick of us. We're going to be everywhere. <laughs> Let's go. Um, That's the, goal. So the goal is to be everywhere. Um, <laughs> if I would add on to one other thing, just because I'm also the penciler, if you go to Mad Mace Artists at Work on Instagram, I'm always out for doing work for hire. So... In between me working on a book, just be mindful of that, that if there's concepts or sketches for fan art and things like that, I always do do those things. So those no, are yeah, things I yeah. do just to try and bring that around. Or you can find me at William Macy on Facebook. So like Twitter, I do, but I'm not active enough on Twitter to be like, oh, go to my Twitter account. But you know, it's so crazy. It's, it's so crazy. I was on. Uh, I was talking earlier and uh, apologizing because I'm not active on Instagram. Like I would say probably 155 of my interviews came just directly from Twitter. I, I was surprised that you guys somehow found me on Instagram and booked. Uh, it's, 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 it's wild to think of the different like spheres. Like, you know, there's, there's a huge indie community. Uh, Dan price is one of my friends. He has a huge indie community on Twitter or uh, Instagram. I mean, but like I find everybody on Twitter, so it's 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 just it's crazy to see how you guys yeah. like really don't use it, um, and vice versa. Like I really don't use Instagram, but it, it's clearly you know net, networking for you guys as well. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> our Instagram is the Reapers Touch Twenty Twenty, so if you can follow us there um, on Instagram. And like, like I said, like like you said, we were talking about that. It's funny because we're just now starting to get into the the the, the Twitter space. Mm-hmm. Um, and we probably do need to start doing some things on Twitch. 
And um, but yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's a um, you know it's it's just funny where you reach your your your, your audience at. Your yeah. Audience, right. They 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 are what they are. Uh, I know a lot of them are on multiple different platforms, but you know we we do know that that's something that we're gonna we're gonna increase our presence on and, and outside. And of the one industry. other thing I would like to say, so in our book, there's filled with a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah. So, yeah. but they're like hip hop Easter eggs. So if you're anywhere in that space where you like backpack rap music or old '90s rap music and things like that. You'll see a couple of fallen rappers, a couple of rappers that'll just pop up or certain things that are on the wall. So like you like you caught the Omega symbol. The book is littered with all kinds of different references. And we do that specifically to make sure you're aware. And even if you're not aware, like if you see us in cons and you're like, oh, I really like this panel. I could be like, oh, did you see this? And like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. <laughs> you know, No, that is so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm a big fan for Easter eggs. I always love when uh when you can sneak things in there and sometimes it goes unnoticed for so long, but when someone finds it, you know, um that that is such an awesome feeling. Before we wrap things up completely though, I want to ask you two a question in particular because as much as this is a podcast where we really fo focus on like your book and the creative process, it's a nice platform for anyone who's new, uh who might be listening and trying to learn, maybe take a, you know, some advice here and there, some tips. So with that being said, for anyone that is starting for the first time or maybe just stuck and trying to get started, what type of advice would you offer them to help them just get to get motivated to go? My my, my, my biggest piece of advice would be to, you know, the, the same advice that I got. Right. Don't worry about what could go wrong. Right. If, 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 you're, if, um, if you have a passion for it and you love to do it, just go. Just go, right? We we didn't know that it was gonna take us, you know, years to get the book done, but we just didn't stop. Mm -hmm. And eventually we got there. And we're, now we're continuing to push. Number two would be surround yourself with good people, right? Um, like I said, me and Will didn't know each other from a can of paint when we started off, but we built that relationship and, and, and that trust. And now to where, like I said, we're brothers. So if you have good people around you who truly want to see you succeed and work with you to, to, to hit that goal, um, you know, find those good people, find those good people to work with. And um, three, my thing would be, you know, in terms of like when you start advertising, just immerse yourself in the culture of whatever it is you're doing, whether it's a comic book, whether it's a clothing clothing company, or you're, you're doing a video game or whatever it may be. Me and Will, thankfully, were already immersed in this world, but we had to, to be more so from the creator standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, and then ask for advice from people. Like, like I said, uh, 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 Will's been doing this for a long time. He knows a lot, you know? Um, somebody else I consider to be a brother um, Greg Burnham he's the co-creator of Tuskegee Airs um, I reached out to him and I asked him questions all the time right and take that information and, and do what you can with it so um, you know just 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 go at the end of the day I, it's, it's, it's really if, if it's, you have a passion for it you love it figure out plan for it the best you can <laughs> uh, because there are some things you're going to have to figure out along the way Mm -hmm. um, and just go. Don't be don't be afraid to put yourself out there for 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 you know for the world to see and critique 
and to love and to like and, and, and whatever it may be and just understand that I'll do it. And to, piggy, to piggyback on that, the main thing that I would say is it's okay for you to fail. Yeah. That's the main thing. The scariest thing for all of us is like, oh, this is not going to work or this is not going to be accepted. That's completely fine. The one thing I like when we did go to the cons is I got to meet a whole bunch of fledgling artists and they all had those questions like, well, you know, what can I do? How can I get better? One, study, immerse yourself in your craft. Whoever it is that you like, look at what it is that you like about it. You don't have to mimic, mimic it, but do the best you can to honor what it is that you love. Two, it would be the fact that if it's sitting in a book, if it's sitting on your hard drive and nobody else sees it, then there's no purpose for it. Mm-hmm. Put it out there. It doesn't matter who sees it. They might like it today. They might like it tomorrow, but it doesn't matter. What you like is completely different than what anybody else will like. I post stuff all the time, things that I'll be like, ah, that was terrible. It'll be like, <laughs> everybody liked that one. I'll be like, oh, this is great. They'll be like, oh, that was terrible. <laughs> It's like, what do you uh, people to, want? <laughs> you know, but you can't be scared to do any of it. And like you said, you know, whoever you're around, feed off of that. And if you're mm-hmm. around somebody negative and they're just like, oh, you, you know, this is never going to work for you, embrace them. Because that's the person you want to step on while you're moving forward. <laughs> I love awesome. it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That Thank was you. so much awesome, Thank like, you. information packed in. I think... Someone is going to really be, you know, they're going to benefit from that. I, I love it. I, I, I love just both takes on it, too. Thank you both for coming on Breaking Down the Reaper's Touch. Jaron, William, this has been an awesome talk. I can't wait to get you guys back on. We need to get you back on for issue three. Are you going to be doing a campaign for that? Or is it going to, you know, what's your plans for that? So right now, we, we don't know if we're going to do a campaign for issue three just yet. Um, now that we're able to get out and, and, and hit the cons and, and, and everything, we will probably be doing in a, um, a Kickstarter campaign for um, to shoot a pilot, a live action pilot for the Piston Networks next year. So look out for that um, as, as as we move forward. But um, I don't know. We just may, and if we do it, it probably will. We'll probably start the. Kickstarter for issue three probably in January. We'll probably do a 30, 30, 30 day campaign if we do decide to do it. Yeah, if you guys do, let me know. I'd love to get you back on and we can like really deep dive the campaign and everything. And hopefully, maybe we might get a show out in Ohio. And if we can, hey! then maybe you, could, you could stream something live with us there while we're yeah, out, yeah. out and about working. So, no, that'd be so I'd awesome. Really appreciate if it, Cody. Thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you guys. Thank you. Everyone watching, have a fantastic Saturday, but most importantly, keep it geekly. <laughs> let, me, let me go ahead and uh, end the uh, recording.